This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twang. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to Paranormal Encounters Episode 5. Welcome everybody. We have a really good guest, not that all of our guests aren't good, but this one's extra special. We have Carly uh, telling her story tonight, and Carly was on Paranormal Survivor telling this same story on television. Mm. So it's kind of cool to be able to have her on telling yeah, the story again nice. on here. But that would be a, a little bit later, obviously. Tracy and I have a couple of stories to talk to you about. I'm going to kick this thing off with the Daughters of Antoinette. It says, while working in a florist in the spring of 2001, I met a customer named Antoinette who came in to order a spray of white lilies and roses in memory of her daughter. The second anniversary of her daughter's death was May 1st, so she placed the order in April. That's when my dreams started. After frequent consultations with bereaved families as a message medium, there was something natural about the correlative vocations. I became a convenient one-stop shop, especially for spirits. When Antoinette's daughter first appeared in my dreams, I simply recorded the information and waited. In the first dream, she was seated on my stairs in the hallway, wearing a sweet, conservative blouse and skirt. She was tall and slender, with very short black hair. I knew she was Antoinette's daughter, and although she had no voice, her eyes beckoned for help. The next night, I dreamed of a young woman again. This time, she had chin-length hair and wore white capris and a sweater. Her skin was noticeably darker and her figure fuller. The same sense of urgency filled her sad eyes as she stood silently in my kitchen. I asked with my heart for an answer to her questioning appearances. Before April ended, I had one more dream. This time the woman had long hair and wore a dress. She stood in my bedroom and whispered, but her voice was barely audible. All I could hear was tell her. When Antoinette returned to the shop, She was inebriated. I couldn't blame the young mother for trying to drown her sorrow, but I knew just then why her daughter's visits were so troubled. I wasn't sure how to begin and prayed that the right words would comfort her grief. Your daughter has come to me three times in dreams, I said, and Antoinette's eyes welled up with tears. She ignored me at first and asked that I write three names on a message card, then pin it up to the ribbon of the spray. As I did, I continued, She she can't get through to you until you take better care of yourself. Please help her, Antoinette. I know, she cried, but when the time comes around, I fall apart. My girls were so beautiful. 
She opened her jacket to show me the sweatshirt she had made for the memorial. All three girls were pictured exactly as I had dreamt them. There were three different girls. Oh, man. You lost three daughters, I asked. Well, my first daughter and her two best friends were like sisters. Antoinette explained. I called them my girls, and they called me mom. She told me that they were all killed in a car accident while driving home from college on spring break. They love you so much, each one appeared to me as your daughter, I said. That's right, she laughed. They're all my daughters. I hugged her and hoped that she found peace in in my message, one that surprised even me. And that's from Kim in Buffalo, New York. Wow. That's something else. Oh, that's sad, though. They were killed. That's terrible. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I wonder how she, I guess she felt pretty good hearing that they came to her. I would think so. And she knew there was three, and she'd only told her that uh, up in that point, she had only told her about she lost her daughter. And it was for her daughter's memorial. So until she wrote the three names on um, on the spray that she wanted down, she would have had no idea that there was three. Right. Oh, that's a, that's a nice story. Yeah. So what do you got for us? Well, I've got one that's called The Other Side. I must have been about six years old when I had my first experience with The Other Side. Like an antenna, I still tune in to the spirits. My parents had taken me to my grandparents' house for the summer. I always loved going there, so I was naturally thrilled. As we pulled up, I could see a woman dressed in 18th century clothing standing on the porch, watching us as we arrived. She was so pretty, with her long black hair draped over her shoulders. Mommy, I asked, do you see the lady on the porch? My mother looked at me in such a strange way and said, there is no one on the porch, Gloria. Quit playing. (laughs) As we walked up the pathway that led to the porch, I smiled at the lady. She nodded her head in a dignified sort of way then faded into nothing before my eyes. Somehow, I knew right then and there that she was a spirit. Later that evening, Grandma tucked me into bed, gave me a kiss, and shut out the light. I fell asleep shortly thereafter, but much later I was awakened by a feeling of somebody crawling into bed with me. When I looked to see who it was, there was no one there. It's kind of funny, but I was not really scared. I just drifted back to sleep with no hesitation. The next morning, I jumped out of bed to use the bathroom, and who did I see but the same lady from the day before standing by my bed and smiling. Gloria, it's time for breakfast, called Grandma. Just a minute, I yelled back. I finished washing my hands and came out of the bathroom. The lady had disappeared once again. I hurried down the stairs for breakfast. Ham and eggs are my favorite, and Grandma knew that. She even made me toast with strawberry jam. While eating, I told Grandma about the spirit lady. She took out an old photo album and sat down beside me. We went through it together. About halfway through, I saw a picture of the pretty lady that I had seen. Grandma looked at me with such amazement and said, That's my mother's great-grandmother, and she died in this house. Wow. Wow. That is from Gloria from Portland, Oregon. Her mother's great-grandmother. So that would have been her great-great-grandmother. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, she would have had to have been, I mean, that would have had to have been years and years and years ago. Yeah. 
Very cool, though. I like that story. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I wish my grandma would come and visit me. Maybe she has, and you just haven't seen her. I don't know. I feel like I would know her, because she was like, just like her, we would always go spend the summer with her. And back then, you know, we didn't start school until after Labor Day. And it was like the longest summer ever, and we loved it. I mean, we would literally see my mom and dad on the weekend. That was it, because we stayed with her the whole summer, because she was so cool. But, yeah, I miss those old days, you know? Yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah, true story. But anyway, that was a nice story. I like that. All right. Let's listen to Carly's story. You guys are going to love this one. Hey, guys, got another exciting guest on here for you tonight. I've got Carly on here, and if you guys have ever watched Paranormal Survivor, you may have seen her story. She battled with... Uh, Carly dealt with a demonic situation for about eight years, and she was on season five, episode five, to tell the story. Carly, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor. Well, we appreciate that. And, and I'm excited to hear this story. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've heard this one before. Now, once you get into it, you know, that was, you know, uh, I've watched some of these shows from a while back and some of them I didn't. But once you get into it, it may be, oh, I remember this now. Or it may be, hey, I'm just excited the whole time to hear it. <laughs> but we'll have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, Carly, and just let you Tell these people what happened to you. Yeah, of course. So when I was 13 years old, um, I got the wonderful opportunity to uh, get in touch with my birth mother. And so my adoptive mother and I, we set up a date to uh, go visit her for a couple of days for the very first time that I've ever seen her. And on meeting her, she had gifted me a family heirloom, which was a, a ring. And she told me that she didn't trust it to, to give it to anybody else, to keep it, you know, really close. And, um, you know, it'll remind me of her and kind of protect me in a way. So I was like, yeah, you know, this is awesome. And I, I did keep it very close to me. Um, but I found... Um, pretty recently after I got the ring that my life took a very drastic turn for the worst. Um, it seemed that no matter how, like, uh, three steps forward, two steps back, you know, kind mm-hmm. of situation. Um, the paranormal activity in my house uh, started to increase, uh, more on the negative side. Um as uh, an empathic psychic medium, I've always had abilities ever since I was little. Like, I've had, I had um, one of my spirit guides. She was my best friend growing up. You know, she helped me with a lot, and we hung out a lot. You know, it just, the paranormal and spirits were just nothing to me. They, they were my everyday life. And I had never experienced anything negative before this, so this was completely new. Um... It started out as bangs and scratches on the walls, whispering, you know, kind of knocks, you know, just annoying little things. Um, And then it turned into, uh, about a couple months after, it turned into scratches, it turned into bruises, it turned into loud noises, you know. um, Electronics started turning on and off on their own, which was very scary at the time. And um, one incident, I was actually doing laundry, 
and um, the door of the washer that I was doing laundry at had swung closed on my arm and really hard and I thought it had broken my arm but I also heard someone yelling you know get out it was really loud and it, it no one else was anywhere near the room and it really freaked me out uh, I would say that was probably one of the first intense uh, encounters that I had with these things I actually didn't um, see who who they were until I had a dream uh, pretty soon after that incident um, where I was at the Presbyterian Church in my town. I was at the um, Sunday School building, and um, I have had out-of-body experiences in my dreams, like astral projections. So I, I knew the difference between an actual dream and an astral projection. Um, this was more of like an astral projection. I really actually felt that I was there. I could touch things and feel as if I was actually there in that building. Um, and in the beginning, my childhood friend, spirit guide, she had walked in and her name is Wanda. And she was like, she looked very concerned. She never, ever would ever look concerned. So that really worried me. Um, and she said, Carly, your grandfather is outside. He needs to speak with you. Now, my grandfather had just passed, um, I would say about half a year prior and this was the first encounter that I've had with him since he passed. So I was thinking, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to tell me, you know, it's fine. He's okay on the other side. You know, this is his sign to show me that everything's okay. So I walk outside, um, and I see him in the parking lot. And I go up and I give him a big hug and, you know, tell him, you know, I miss you. I love you. I'm so glad you're okay. And he just looks at me and he looks so worried. And I'm like, oh, no. Great. So he tells me I'm in danger, and he says, you know, you need to use your abilities. And I'm looking at him like, what are you talking about? What, what abilities? I don't know what they are. And um, he said that I need to protect myself, and he turned me around, and I saw these two figures standing right in front of me. One was taller than the other. They both were extremely skinny. Um almost skeletal. They had rotting skin, wrinkles, you know, they just didn't look human. Um, and they had these big, huge smiles with dark eyes, and they were just grinning at me, like the really evil, nasty grin. It was very terrifying. And um, you could just feel the negativity just radiating off of them. And they didn't say anything. They just were smiling at me, and, and um, he's turned me back around. He said, you need to wake up right now. Like, right this instant, right now. Which I did. And I did wake up. Uh, but I kind of wish that I didn't. Uh, once I woke up, I saw one figure standing at the end of my bed and another one in my doorway. And I had felt like someone had their arms around my neck that they were choking. But I could move my body. I was flailing in my bed. I was trying to get out of that grip. And I, I don't know what I did. I, I don't think I did anything in particular, but the grip did loosen. Um, I was being scratched. I, I had bruises on my body after that, and I, I rolled out of my bed. And I, I looked at them, and they kind of just vanished. And that absolutely terrified me. Um, 
I had run downstairs, tried to tell my mom what happened. You know, she didn't necessarily um, believe me, probably thought it was a nightmare. I understand. But that would actually be the beginning of the eight-year-long haunting that was quite a journey. Um, So it continued like that pretty much every day, every night, just a continuous battle. Uh, with these two things, and it was the longest fight I've ever had. Um, About a year and a half into it, without any help, I had had another dream, but this one was a bit different. This guy had shown up that I had never seen before, and I I walked up to him, and all he did was put his hand on my shoulder and tell me, it's going to be okay. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever, you know, you, you don't know anything about me, I don't understand how you could tell me this, but I didn't believe him, so I woke up, continued on with the hell that was my life at that moment, and, um, I had actually set a date to end it all, I couldn't take it anymore, I was in high school, you know, all those, uh, teenager hormonal issues that you have going on, the social life issues, you know, I saw no light at the end of the tunnel, And I was dealing with this on top of it. You know, no one would believe me that this was actually happening to me. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just, one, I'm crazy. Uh, Which people have told me, like, you're certifiable. This is, this can't be real. Like, you're just crazy. Um, I was having social life issues with my friends. I had lost my friends one by one. Um, My home life wasn't turning out all that great. Uh, my parents turned out to be pretty abusive, and um, which is typical for a demonic haunting because they want you to feel alone. They want to single you out, and they want you to, to break you down until you can't be broken down anymore, and you just destroy yourself, which was, I was headed that way. I had set the date about um, a week and a half before that date was when I saw that uh, spirit guide that had touched my shoulder and told me it was going to be okay. Um, when the date had come, um, I was on my way to do it, and um, the door swung shut in my face. And I could see him, plain as day, standing right next to me. And he said, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, just stay out of it. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. Like, just stop. He's like, you know, you're going to go to hell for that. I'm like, I already am living in a hell. I don't understand. Like, stop. Just leave me alone. I don't want to do with any of this anymore. And he said, you know, this is, hell's way worse than this. And he's trying, I could tell he's trying to think of a way to describe to a, a teenager, you know, how, um, how it could be worse than the current situation they were possibly in. And he said, you know the, the movie The Brothers Grimm? I'm like, no. He's like, watch The Brothers Grimm and watch the spider episode. You know, hell's going to be like spiders. Spiders all over you. I hate spiders. This is the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Like, I have such an arachnophobic. It's crazy. And I'm like, fine, whatever. Okay, I guess that is worse. So it took a lot of convincing um, during that time. But I did actually believe that he could help me. Once I did start believing that he could actually help me, things started to improve. Um, I was able to kind of hold back the entities for a while and um, learn to protect myself. 
He then taught me Reiki. He taught me how to control my psychic abilities. Um, the downside to that was that I had to stay open all the time in order to see him and to see where my attachments were and be able to feel them to gauge, you know, when to push them back. And I never really properly learned how to close myself off, which Jack is now working on. I've been, he's been mentoring me uh, with the paranormal and the psychic medium uh, abilities as well. Um, So I'm definitely improving on that side. But uh, my spirit guide, I used to call him the tall man. He um, definitely taught me a great majority of my things until recently when I met Jack and the Spirits of New England team. And so I had been with the Spirit Guide for about seven years, and then I met Jack at the Ocean State Paracon in Rhode Island, and he had answered a ton of my questions that my Spirit Guide just wasn't able to answer. He just wasn't allowed to, that's what he said. Um, And... Jack and I had this really strong connection from the beginning, and I was so happy that I finally could have my que- all of my questions answered. He was actually the first person I had talked to about my experience um, who actually truly believed me. You know, and I, I sat there and I couldn't believe it because I actually felt normal. You know, like I, this was legitimate. I really am going through these things, and someone actually is listening to me and wants to help. And I couldn't, I could, it was like such a it was like a weight being lifted off and like I could finally breathe, you know, things were finally getting back into control. And, um, he helped me, uh, get through it. And, um, I, I haven't seen them in a while now, thankfully. Uh, my life's finally starting to turn around. All the negativity is starting to go away. And, um, you know, I, I really, uh, wouldn't be anywhere where I am without them and Spirits of New England and Ellen McNeil and everybody. And Carly, if I could, when you mentioned Jack, we're talking about Jack Kenna, who obviously has been on the show a few times, but was just our guest last week uh, on the episode we did. So, so that's who uh, you're speaking of there. So right now, most of this stuff has, has pretty much vanished for you. Do you feel? Yeah. Oh Yeah. What do you think, if you had to put pinpoint one thing that made it change and go away, what is that one thing that you think helped the most? Um, I would say finding my light, which I also connect with my faith, and using that to empower myself. So, like Jack Kenna says, faith is strength. Um, the number one thing that my spirit guide emphasized on was, um, you know, wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and smile and you may not feel it, but you will eventually, even if you, even if you don't want to, you know, you, your light will come back. You will find that light and it will help pick you up and dust you off and help you push forward, you know, and, um, I, it renewed my faith right from the lowest that I've had and to the highest I am right now, you know. So when you say, like earlier, that you hadn't quite learned how to close your yourself off, you know, people people think about, like, um, you know, Ouija boards, having to close them out and stuff like that. But I guess as a medium uh, such as yourself, you basically are just like a board or any other tool to be able to uh, connect 
with spirits, uh, good or bad. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I guess you would have to close your yourself out just like you would a Ouija board, correct? I would say in a way uh, you are kind of like a tool used to communicate with spirit, just like a Ouija board. But w- the difference between that is that a Ouija board um, uses portals to communicate um, and, and high, high levels of energy with those portals that you have to close using um, certain um, certain tools and stuff. But um, in terms of psychic mediums, that's like a whole um, a different type of uh, I, I would I wouldn't say organ, but it's like a whole part, or like a different dimensional of you that you are connected with. Um, that you're able to communicate through, but you can use, you can block it off using your own energy instead. It makes sense. That makes sense. So let me ask you this with, um, your ability, you said you obviously had that from an early age. You mentioned your spirit guide, uh, your, your best friend was your spirit guide. You know, we've mentioned on this show several times that my perception of a lot of children that have quote unquote imaginary friends are typically seeing a spirit of somebody because children are more open because they haven't learned from the adults yet that, oh, that's not real and you shouldn't believe in that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there's tons of kids, even from myself, they were not imaginary friends. I can tell you exactly what they look like and they never change. You know, they. Um, I still see them to this day. And, you know, I've talked with tons of kids on uh, different residential cases that we've gone through, and they've told me about their imaginary friends. And you can tell that, you know, the amount of emotion that they put through it talking about their friends, you know, they're real. They have to be real. They didn't just make that up. You now are a paranormal investigator. Uh, That's a fairly recent in your life. Yes. What's been the biggest adjustment from how you've used your tools in the past to how you use them now, or is it virtually the same? Um, I would say that it's helped me control uh, my abilities more because I'm, I'm more able to accurately assess uh, different situations when you walk into a resident's home. Uh, when I first started, I felt like I was bombarded, you know, with different types of spirit, different energies, because you have to learn to separate the client's energy from the spirit's energy. Um, Being empathic, you also feel people's pain, you know, their emotions. So I I had to learn to separate from the clients and the spirits that were living in this home, Um, which has also helped me in daily life. I I work uh, in an operating room. And I deal with a lot of people during the day. Uh, so it's definitely helped me prevent myself from being drained, from taking in all so much emotional energy um, and be able to... I, I've even felt different family members who have passed come in to check up on the patients that are getting surgeries. So it, it's been uh, definitely an improvement since I've started. Explain to me 
what Reiki is. I've heard it. I know it's got something. I'm semi-familiar with it, but I I would be lying if I said I really knew what it was and and how it affects. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of other people listening that are in the same boat I am. Explain to me what Reiki is. So Reiki is a form of energy manipulation. Um, Reiki practitioners... uh, take different classes and courses um, to be able to use their energy and the universal energy to channel into their clients' clients' energy. And you're able to um, tap into different chakras that they have. And sometimes in life, you know, things get gunked up. And, you know, energy can't flow properly. Um, so the Reiki practitioner's job is to be able to unblock those different chakras and be able to clean it up. Um, it's, uh, there's definitely, there's so many different forms of Reiki. You know, you can't really count how many. And there's, I actually have this gigantic book that's like, 10 pounds of just Reiki, you know, in different, you know, different cultures, people have used it throughout history. You know, it, it's um, a form of like metaphysical medicine, you know, it's very peaceful and it's very calming. And, you know, I, I'm, I love the impact that it has on the clients that I've been able to help with them, you know, to see them transition from the tense stress that they're under into a more relaxed, you know, peaceful state that they haven't been able to achieve in a long time. So you're able to really hit it head on with Reiki. Okay, so the the next thing, and this will be the, what we'll close on tonight, and it's not going to be an easy one. <laughs> but okay, you mentioned uh, astral projection earlier. Yes, that's another subject that is way over my head. I'm not going to lie to you. I've heard it explained so many different times, and I still don't a hundred percent understand. I know the grasp, you know the 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 essential parts of it but tell me uh, from your viewpoint what astral projection is and is it something that you can master to do purposely whenever you would like to that is a very interesting question so astral projection is when you are able to project yourself outside of your body to another location uh jack kenna and i do it uh, with certain clients commonly if we're not able to get to a certain location um all we really need is images of uh, your the inside of your home, and we're able to project ourselves inside. Um, it also happens when you sleep. It's more of like out-of-body experiences um, where you're in a different location, and um, you feel like you're actually really there. Um, one of the differences that I find between uh dreams and actual projections is that if you can if your body feels like you're actually going through it and it lasts for a long time after you wake up and you remember every single detail that was astral projection um uh i've had an experience where i was projected into another person's body and i could feel exactly what happened to them hours after i woke up you know, and it was so traumatizing. I feel like I couldn't do anything but sit there and watch. But I really, actually, was experiencing what that other person was experiencing. Um, but yes, you there are um, practices that you can do in order to control it. I can't 
I'm not able to control it when I sleep as of now, but there are ways that you can practice to control it um, where you can do it at will when you're sleeping. I can do it at will when I'm awake in order to project myself into another client's home. It just takes a lot of grounding, shielding, concentration. Um, it's, it's pretty draining afterwards, but it is manageable. Incredible. Carly, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I know it was very short notice. And, Not uh, a problem. Thank you for having me. And uh, like I said, we'll have you on again sometime. Maybe we'll be able to get you and Jack on both at the same time. That sounds wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, dear. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye. I see that is such a messed up story. And then we went back and watched the video on uh, Paranormal Survivor also. Mm-hmm. But man. I don't know how she got through that. How did she get through that? I just don't know. Every night of not sleeping and... I mean, that's got to be something that, even today, because it's not been that long ago, you know, since all this has been rectified. It's been within a couple of years. And, I mean, I would think even today, there's got to be situations where you're just constantly like, is it going to be back? Is it going to come I back? I mean, that would totally drive you insane. I agree. That was a pretty spooky story, so. Well, all I got to say, girl, is you are tough. <laughs> you are strong. And I'm... I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted. I don't even know what to say about that. So. I couldn't even. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but I bet you know she had to dread just going to sleep every night, and I mean, you had to dread just even getting up in the morning. I mean, knowing either what your day way, was going to entail. I know. Poor thing. So well, way to hang in there. That's great. All right, all right, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll use this as an opportunity to say. If you guys have a story that you would like to tell on the show, um, feel free to reach out to us because, you know, I think the more stories we get out there, the more people realize, hey, I'm I'm not alone in this. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so that'd you, be great. Yeah, if you got a story you want to do, uh, and we even had a listener record their own story, which is remarkable. Oh, my God, The yes. story's great. The, the presentation's great. I mean, yeah. And they actually recorded it and just sent it to us that Mm -hmm. we'll end up using that one on a future one because it's fantastic as well. So even if you just wanted to record your story on your phone or or what have you and just send it to us as an MP3 uh, through email or something, you can do that. Yeah, that would be amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Love you.